We're live. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Matthew Paris Show. I'm your host, Matthew Paris. Uh, before we get started, let's hit that little subscribe button. Uh, it's always a great time here on the Matthew Paris Show. We talk sports. We talk Houston sports. We talk all kinds of sports. Um, before we get started, too, uh, I'd like to uh, give a shout-out to a, a co-worker I work with, and he's a big fan of the Matthew Paris Show, my buddy, Afizu. Uh Hey, buddy. Uh, hope you're listening to this one. I'm sure you are. So big shout-out to you. This uh, episode is dedicated to my buddy, Afizu. So, uh, yeah, just keep listening, keep watching, and, uh, yeah, let's get into it. Um, the uh, 2023 World Series has been set. The stage has been set. We have the Arizona Diamondbacks versus the Texas Rangers. Uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks beat uh, the Philadelphia Phillies in the NLCS in Game 7. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and uh, the um, Texas Rangers beat the Houston Astros at Minute Maid Park in Game 7. So 11-4 uh, on that game. So, um, so yeah, so the 2023 World Series begins tonight in Arlington, Texas. So we'll start at Globe Life Field in Arlington. The Texas Rangers and Arizona Diamondbacks punched their tickets in a pair of thrilling league championship series that went the distance. Uh, both teams came from behind to win game six and seven on the road. With the D-backs upsetting the Philadelphia Phillies at Citizens Bank Park and the Rangers taking down their instant rivals, the reigning champions, Houston Astros, at Minute Maid Park. Uh, reported by ESPN, with the first pitch of World Series Game 1 scheduled at 8.03 p.m. Eastern Time at Globe Life Field, we dive into the players and matchups that matter most for both teams. We also asked our ESPN MLB experts to make their picks for who will win the series. How many games it will take and who will be the MVP of the Fall Classic? Um, the odds are for the Texas Rangers is 63.6% uh, chance of winning. Um, that's minus 170. Uh, what's on the line for the Rangers? The first World Series title of franchise history, ending a drought not as long as those the Boston Red Sox and Chicago Cubs once had. You have to remember back in 2016, the Chicago Cubs then beat, I believe, the Cleveland Indians, and it was a 107-year gap before Chicago Cubs got their next World Series title. Think about that. That's a lifetime. Um, it's certainly not as infamous, but a long drought nonetheless. Born in 1961 as the second incarnation of the Washington Senators, the franchise moved to the Metroplex in 1972 and lost 205 games his first two seasons. Later, inspired a book that was titled Seasons in Hell. The Rangers didn't make the playoffs until 1996 uh, and finally reached the World Series in 2010 and 2011. In 2010, they lost to the current manager, Bruce Bocce, and his San Francisco Giants in five games. I remember that. Uh, Bocce and the San Francisco Giants in five games. In 2011, they fell to the St. Louis Cardinals in the most agonizing fashion. They were leading 7-5 in game six, entering the bottom of the knife, only to blow the game, and then drop game seven as well. Uh, Bocce is already a future Hall of Famer based on the three titles he won with the Giants, uh, but a fourth championship would put him in the elite inner circle that includes Casey Stengel with seven, Joe McCarthy in seven, Connie Mack in five, Walter Austin in four, and Joe Torre four. Uh, Adolis Garcia with seven home runs and 20 RBIs had a chance to put a stamp on one of the greatest individual postseasons ever. He just won RBI for trying uh, tying David Fries' record of 21 in 2011. And here's a fun one for you. Corey Seager could join uh, Sandy Koufax, Bob Gibson, and Reggie Jackson as the only two-time World Series MVP. Um, that's interesting. Uh, 
Okay, so here are some reasons why the Texas Rangers can win. The lineup, at the moment, Adolis Garcia is producing like a superstar for the cleanup spot. And if Marcus Simon and Corey Seager perform at the top of the line and continue to feed him RBI opportunities, the Rangers are incredibly difficult to beat. But what separates the line is its depth. Texas had Jonah Haim, an all-star catcher this year, Nathan Lowe, a Silver Slugger award-winning first baseman last year, and Josh Jung, a breakout rookie third baseman, occupying the number six, seven, and eight spots, respectfully in his last two wins in Houston. Uh, so, yeah, so uh, let's see here. Nathan Ivaldi and Jordan Montgomery, the Rangers have some pitching concerns, to be sure. Uh, their bullpen is, you know, I, in my opinion, the Rangers' bullpen is not very good. They need to work on that. But not necessarily with these two. Valdi and Montgomery had combined for a 2.29 ERA in 51 innings this postseason, acting as major stabilizers at the top of the rotation. Uh, I still I still think that could hurt him, though. Evaldi with a 2.87 ERA and 69 career postseason innings lined up to start Friday's Game 1 in Montgomery, who recorded seven outs in relief of Max Scherzer in Game 7 of the American League Championship Series. Lines up for Saturday's Game 2. The Rangers need Evaldi and Montgomery to pitch deep into games, and so far... Uh, they've been doing that. Uh, you know, here's where the Rangers are vulnerable. The back of the bullpen remains thin. I agree with that. Texas has gotten this far because Boshi had managed to steer his club into workable situations for his high-leverage crew, which at that, this point might just be Josh Schwartz and jo uh, Jose Lekirk. Uh The Rangers staff is set up to cover innings in the uh, event of a short outing from a starter, but where it gets dicey is protecting a one- or two-run lead for three or four innings. That's Arizona task. Create high-leverage moments in the middle of innings that force Bocce to extend his key relievers and risk wearing them out of the turn to lead protectors. He might prefer to avoid key spots. Um, yeah, so as exceptional as he is at framing pitches, Rangers catcher Heim could be tested by Diamondbacks base runners. Heim has a strong arm, but the transfer time between his glove and hand is well below average, at least to pop times. The length of time from when a ball hits a catcher's glove to when it hits the fielders at second base, that's around the 50th percentile across baseball. To make up for that, it's incumbent in and Texas pitchers to, to be quick to the plate, and Mandate often throws them off their rhythm. Um, this is true. Uh, there's a 36.4% chance of winning for the Arizona Diamondbacks. That's plus 145. Uh, what's on the line for the D-backs? The ultimate underdog wins it all. The Diamondbacks are already just uh, the second team to reach the World Series after being outscored in the regular season, joining the 1987 Minnesota Twins. With an 84-78 record, uh, the only World Series participants with a worse record were the 1973 New York Mets, uh, with 82 and 79 that year, and 2006 uh, St. Louis Cardinals with 83 and 78. We can debate whether this uh, devalues the regular season, but one way to look at it, you don't have to build a super team to win a World Series, and maybe that's good for the sport. Um, it's true. I mean, all 100 win teams for this year did not make the World Series. This is a World Series where we have two wild card uh, teams. So, um, you know, my bracket, before I filled out the bracket, I had the Atlanta Braves winning the World Series. And I know sports journalists and writers had the Baltimore Orioles winning the World Series before the postseason even starts. So it uh, just goes to show you, uh, postseason, you never know. Uh, after all, this is the first fall classic since 2016 without the Houston Astros or Los Angeles Dodgers. The two teams are now joined by the Atlanta Braves that have dominated the regular season in recent years. A little new blood is the worst thing, even if the Diamondbacks weren't a great team in the regular season. And I believe 
that's what the MLB wants. They want new blood every year in there for the World Series, the Fall Classic. Also, it gives those uh, cheapskate owners no excuse for refusing to invest in their teams. The Diamondbacks are proof that any team can still win it all, not just the deep-pocketed blue bloods. Um, here are three reasons why Arizona can win. The pitching coach, Brent Strum, instead of naming a bunch of pitchers, let's just pick the guy in charge of them. He's a national treasure who few know about. He helped the Astros to their amazing playoff runs, and now he's doing the same in Arizona, with few exceptions. Every mound visit and every game plan from Strum seemed to work. There's no reason he can't shell the same magic against a Rangers team that can't brag about his bullpen the same way the D-backs can. Uh, the second one, Corbin Carroll. We got a taste of his greatness in the final game of the National League Championship Series as he can, al- uh, he can become alive against left-handed pitchers and on, and on bases. The Rangers have great players, but pound for pound, Carroll can match them. Uh, Cattell Marti had his turn as the MVP last round. Carroll will take home the honor in the World Series impacting the game in ways he can only imagine. And here's the third one. Experience and confidence. The Rangers have had a nice run, but the D-backs have seen it all this postseason, and it should matter. Um, they won't get a more hostile environment in Texas than the one they just went through in Philadelphia. So playing on the road should be a piece of cake for them. The Rangers can thump, but that, there's a sneaky balance to the uh, Diamondbacks lineup, which has peaked at the right time. In other words, the D-backs are playing with extreme confidence. That wasn't the case at the beginning of the last series when they didn't run or pitch very well. Expect a better start to the World Series in Game 1 and Game 2. Um, uh where are the D-backs vulnerable? You know, what, what could uh, maybe uh, hurt them in the World Series? Depending on how you want to view Arizona's 6-5 win in Game 4 of the NLCS, the Diamondbacks haven't really won any shootouts during the postseason uh, where it got really close. Uh, it's really not how they are built. It is, on the other hand, the thing that makes the Rangers look unbeatable at times, sheer firepower. The Diamondbacks have to play for from ahead to win the series because the Rangers lineup is deep and momentum-based. Early rallies turn into slightly crooked numbers in a hurry, and Texas is more adept at doing than that anyone. It's a coming in that the Arizona Stars keep the Rangers down early because the Snakes simply can't keep it up as the Rangers offense get on a roll. So we'll see. We'll see about that. So the World Series is set. It's going to be a great series. Um, what do I think is going to happen? I don't know. You know, originally when the Astros got out, I, I had the Phillies winning. But, you know, since now they're not going to the World Series, I don't know. Um, it could be anybody's game. It could be the Rangers. It could be the Diamondbacks. I think it's going to be closely matched. Um, I think it will go six or seven, possibly. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll see about that. Now, uh, in honor of my buddy Afizu, who uh, he says he really likes, I, I know him, he says he really likes uh, basketball, so we're going to talk about a little bit of basketball right now. Um, since uh, he's from Houston, I'm from Houston, so the Rockets, let's talk about the Houston Rockets. Um, in the NBA today, the Rockets played tonight at 7 o'clock p.m. The Rockets started out 0-1, they played the Orlando Magic the other night and lost the game. The Spurs, the San Antonio Spurs, and their superstar center, Victor Wimiana, is 0-1. And then on Sunday, the Rockets have the Golden State Warriors and Steph Curry. So uh, let's talk about this. The game preview for the San Antonio Spurs versus the Houston Rockets. Uh, All the hype is specular fell flat in the San Antonio Spurs' regular season debut as they were defeated by the Dallas Mavericks. Victor went beyond a battle of foul trouble in his debut, yet still managed to post 15 points and five rebounds in just 23 minutes of play. 
He will get another shot to play a full minute load against the Houston Rockets on Friday night. That's tonight. Um, Houston is coming off a 116-86 loss. Uh, that's a blowout against the Orlando Magic in their season opener. When the Spurs faced the Rockets in the postseason, they handled them in a 117-103 win. Things got chippy between Jeremy Sochin, Zach Collins, Eamon Thompson, and Dylan Brooks in their last meeting. This is a rivalry that has gained steam as both teams progress. Um, the Rockets have several injuries. Tari Eason is out, le- uh, his lower leg, left lower leg. Jock Landale is out, uh, concussion protocol. And Victor Alipu is out, left uh, paddle tendon. Um, defending Wimbiana with physical, uh, we saw the blueprint both in the Rockets matchup in the preseason and the Spurs opening game against Dallas. Teams are going to try to get physical with Wimbiana to either get him out of the paint or force him to make mistakes. These are all teams, not just the Rockets. Grant Williams was able to push Wimby out and draw a few fouls on him, and Dally the Rockets will look to do something similar. Last time Jabari Smith Jr. matched up on Wimbiana, it shouldn't surprise anyone if he sees a bit of that matched up mixed with Brooks and other physical defenders like Thompson. It will be interesting to see how Greg Popovich and his Spurs staff put Wimbiana in a position to succeed through the physical play. Um, there's going to be point guard rotations. Uh, so yeah, I mean, Rockets at Spurs tonight. So let's see if the, uh, Houston Rockets could get one over the Santo Spurs become one and one the start of the season. Um, yeah, so we'll see what happens there. Let's talk about former Rockets, James Harden for a minute. He's now with the Philadelphia 76ers. There are rumors going around that he wants to come back to Houston. Um, I don't know about that because, I heard rumors that he really didn't like Houston when he got traded. Uh, so right now he's with the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, he's going to return. This is from Bleacher Report that he's going to return to the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, it's from Milwaukee. Philadelphia 76ers star James Harden showed up to the team's practice facility in Camden, New Jersey on Wednesday. Much of the team's surprise he had been away for the prior 10 days to tend to a personal matter, an excused absence. We don't know what this personal matter is. He's keeping quiet about that. During a light shooting session, Harden was approached by team officials, and it was told it would be beneficial for him to remain in Philadelphia to continue the ramp-up process, as opposed to going with teams on their two-game road trip, starting with the season opener against the Milwaukee Bucks. This was Thursday night. Um, Harden had returned with the intention of reclaiming himself with the team, knowing assistant coach Rico Hines, his primary workout trainer, would be traveling along with the rest of the uh, sporting staff, sources say. Initially, staying back was interpreted as a suggestion rather than Amanda. Sources say Harden proceeded to participate in portions of the session with the intention of joining the team on flight to Milwaukee this afternoon. Um, after practice, Harden arrived at the fixed base operator airport to board the team flight, but he was supposed uh, he was stopped by security official who notified him that he was not permitted to accompany the team. Sources say. General Manager Elton Brand and Head Coach Nick Nurse spoke to Harden and explained that the organization prefers he accepts and follows their workout plan, which includes staying at the practice facility while the team is away, sources say. Um, so, yeah. So, I don't. I have no idea what uh, James Harden's going through as far as the personal matter goes. We wish him the best. There were rumors at one time that he wanted to um, – that he wanted to uh, uh, go back to Houston. Um yeah, I don't know if that's going to happen, but we'll see about that. We'll see about that. So, you know, the season is starting. The regular season is starting now for the NBA, 80-game season. So we'll see what happens there. We'll see what happens there. Um, let, us, let us talk about – let's talk about uh, Friday night football. So Friday night football, we're going to talk about some high school football. 
So uh, Friday night football, we have uh, week 11 in Wilmington. Let's see here. Um, so yeah, high trash Titans named football team of the week. Trask defeated South Columbus 59-36 in his four-game losing string on Friday, October 13th. Um, hang on. Let's see here for a second. Then we have some other Friday night football games. Depender Patriots named football team of the week. This was October 9th, 2023. Um, yeah, so uh, I know rivalry week is coming up for Friday night football. We have my old alma mater, the Memorial Mustangs, going up against the Stratford Spartans, I think, here. Uh, let's see here real quick. We have Memorial Mustangs versus Stratford Spartans. It is the Battle of the Beltway. Um, the Beltway is a uh, highway, the 8 highway that's all, that separates uh, Spring Branch. Uh, it goes right through Spring Branch Memorial area. But the, we have two schools. We have Stratford and Memorial that separates uh, during that highway. And it's the Battle of the Beltway. It's called the Beltway in Houston. Um, let's see here real quick. So we have... It's from Max Preps. Memorial. So my alma mater, Memorial, is uh, 5-3 overall with a 0.63 win percent in district. They're 5-0. They're first in district. So I'm proud of my alma mater. Congratulations to the Mustangs. Uh, we play Stratford. Um, let's see here. We have Stratford coming up. They are also 5-3. Memorial's 5-3. <coughs> it's the Battle of the Beltway, so it's going to be great. Um, so, yeah, we got Stratford coming up. Uh, that game is at 7 o'clock p.m. I believe the game is at Tully Stadium. So it's going to be a good one. That is tonight. And then for the last game of the regular season, 11, uh, on uh, November 4th, uh, Memorial Mustangs play Cy Fair, the Cy Fair Bobcats at 2 o'clock p.m. That is an afternoon game. Uh, but it should be great. We have Stratford uh, at 7 o'clock tonight to Stratford Spartan. It is rivalry week. The Battle of the Beltway, it's going to be great. So, uh, yeah, you guys uh, get geared up for that. I know Stratford's going to be out for that. I know Memorial's going to be out for that. So it's going to be a great one. And, uh, yeah, so that's it for uh, Friday, Friday Night Football. One quick thing before we go. I recently went to see a movie uh, last night after I got off from work. It's called uh, The Killer. Um, interesting title, but it's called The Killer. Uh, Netflix, it's going to stream on Netflix next month, but it's a very good movie. It stars Michael Fassbender as an assassin. You know, we all know Michael Fassbender. He's been in, uh, he's been in Prometheus. He's been in a lot of other great films. He's won accolades for acting. He's been nominated for accolades. But here's what you don't know about Michael Fassbender. He is also a race car driver. He doesn't, uh, during the racing season, he doesn't uh, do a whole lot of movies. That why, that's why we haven't seen him in, in a while. Um, so, yeah, Fassbender was recently at the uh, 24 Hours of Le Mans, and uh, I believe he, uh, he got to a wreck. He got to a wreck. Everything's fine, but he got to a wreck. And uh, he's with the, uh, he is now a member of the FEI World Endurance Championship. Um, so yeah, so he's he's also he's also a race car driver. So he competed in auto racing in 2017. Um, he was known for X Men. Uh, he's a two-time Academy Award nominee. Um, Fastbender will also race for the uh, Proton competition team in the GTE AM class, designed for Grand Tour cars that included at least one amateur in their lineup. Uh, that will be Fastbender, who will share driving duties with. 
Zachary Robocon of Canada, and the Porsche factory driver Matt Campbell of Australia. Uh, Fassbender cannot be reached for comments, said in a Porsche news release in 2020 that racing was his first dream. So it was his first dream before anything else. Uh, his goal was to reach the 24-hour race in Le Mans. He did that. Uh, he couldn't finish because there was a crash in there, but he is fine. He's good to go. Um, it was always very clear to me from a young age, he said, I always felt an infinity with cars. I felt a connection with driving and speed. Uh, I believe he's made a lot of money for his movie, so he has a uh, he has a Ferrari and a Porsche, I believe, uh, at his house. Fassbender has been building his racing experience with Porsche, which has pushed him towards his Le Mans goal. He raced in a Porsche championship in Germany before stepping up to the European Le Mans series in 2020, as well as racing in two Porsche Super Cup races. Uh, Proton competition finished fourth in last year's championship with Fassbender, scoring his first podium by finishing second in the four hours of uh, sorry if I mispronounced this, Protramio in Portugal. Further success followed years this year in France where he scored third place at Ligue Castella. I believe that's how you say it, Castelli, I think, to leave him only five points off the lead of the championship after two races. Uh, you know, there's been other Hollywood stars that, that were really interested in racing. You know, certainly Frankie Munez, who was in Malcolm in the Middle, had become a race car driver at one point, uh, and he doesn't really hardly act anymore. Fassbender is not the first Hollywood star with dreams of racing at Le Mans. Steve McQueen uh, attempted to enter the race in 1970 while filming Le Mans while in 1979. Uh, Paul Newman was, a, was a, uh, a race car driver. He finished second overall in a Porsche 935. Patrick Dempsey, I knew he had an affinity for cars. First race at Le Mans in 2019 and finished second at the GT AM class in 2015. And he remains the owner of the Dempsey Proton Racing Team that is a regular fixture at Le Mans, a 24-hour Le Mans. Um, so yeah, um, so yeah, Fassbender said in a news release, uh, we just started talking about getting into racing and then he made the contact to Porsche Motorsports. Uh, so yeah, so congratulations to Michael Fassbender. You know, that's why we haven't seen him in a whole lot of movies lately is because he's off, uh, racing cars and that was his first dream. So congratulations. He's still going after it. And, uh, yeah. So that is all we have today for the Matthew Paris Show. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. It's always a great time here on the Matthew Paris Show. Um, and, yeah, so I'll see you guys very, very soon. Uh, we'll see what happens to the World Series. And, uh, yeah, you guys have a great one. All right, take care.